Thank you, thank you. Jace, can you turn this mic up for me, please? Let me know if I'm ready. I'm going to ask you a couple, just a question. Why do you celebrate Christmas? Who wants to give me the first answer before I put this mic in your face, right? Why do you celebrate Christmas? Why do you celebrate? All right, Zach. I celebrate Christmas because it's when Jesus was born, and Jesus is a pretty cool guy because he, you know, died for us. All right. Do you like that answer? Do you want the honest truth? Uh, no, don't give me honest truth. <laughs> you can tell me in my, in my ear, though. Jesus, but uh, getting presents pretty lit. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. Yeah. Just being honest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Presents, giving and getting. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I like both answers. I always tell people when I'm at church. You know, in church sometimes when you go in Sunday school, everyone's tired. Like, at, who goes to like at Sunday school? Anyone go to Sunday school? Okay, we've got we've got some believers in the house. And it's, you're, you're tired, you get a cup of coffee, and then the Sunday school teacher asks you a question. You want to answer, but then you don't want to answer right, and it's awkward. I always tell people, don't give me the church answers, right, because it's sometimes it's flippant, it becomes so normal. So why do you celebrate Christmas? Why do you celebrate Christmas? Oh, snap. Oh, okay. snap. Um, <laughs> well, I think that um, we're in the time of Advent, yeah. um, and so I think that it reflects of, wait, of the Jewish people um, waiting for Christ to come and save them the first time, um, or the first coming. But also now, um, for us, it's a, a time to reflect on of waiting for Christ to come and save us um, in the end. Um, but also I think it, it relates to um, God as a gift and and not more than just giving because he can give, but, but it was... A sacrifice. It was everything he had, um, giving up heaven to be with us, to save the lonely people of earth. And yeah, that's why I celebrate. Amen. That, yeah, that was preaching. If that, that's, that's preaching right there. If you don't hear nothing else, just that's the message there, okay? Someone giving an amen. That, that, that's it. You know, why do I celebrate Christmas? I want my sisters to give me some nice shoes. You know, they always give me some clearance shoes, and I want some shoes that are nice. So you, sh- you see these shoes I'm wearing, they're not the best, but I love my sister to death, and I'll, I will rock whatever they buy me. My, I got a twin sister, who, a little sister is 27, so she's working a full-time job, and I'm like, Kika, you're working a full-time job now, you're not part-time in college, you, you can buy me a gift, can't you? So I, I love Christmas. Why do I love Christmas? For many reasons, I can tell you why I love it, but also I realized for you coming into Christmas uh, and the holiday seasons, uh, it may not be the easiest time for you, you know. It may be very difficult for you because of uh, family situations, and although you may have friendships and, and family members who love Christmas, but it's tough. I only have 20 minutes with you. We're going to wrap about 1040, and I'm going to shut down. So it's only 19 minutes, and trust me, I will keep it there. But I want you to be relaxed. Relax. You can breathe. Let me tell you, back row, I love you, back row. I love you as much as I love the front row, by the way. Jason, you know, you know I love you, right? You, better, you sure? I love you. And why do I love you, Jason? 1 John 4, 19. What is it? We love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. If you haven't heard nothing from me all semester, hear that. We love because he first loved us. You've made it, you've made it to Christmas Chapel. You've made it. Now some of you are praying, Lord, my GPA is not as good as I want to be made. Well, I'll be on probation. 
You've made it, but you've not made it. You're almost kind of there, aren't you? Like some of y'all stand up all night doing that research. And I love you. We've all been there. And some of you have prepared and done your due diligence, and you're going to coast on to finals and ace them, and you're ready, ready to go back home. But when you go back home, I want you to realize why Christ came. And as you go back to your home churches and visit family and, and celebrate this Advent season, it is much more. I love family, and I love gifts, okay? Let me tell you that. I love nice things, but I love fellowship. I tell my siblings all the time, what do you want for Christmas birthday? Just give me your time. Just let me sit with you. Let me just eat with you. It's precious to be able to sit down with family when you're so busy. It's so chaotic throughout the semester. When do you have time to, hey, how have you been? So I'm going to ask you this. As Scripture says, be still and know that I am God and I will be exalted among the nations. Why did Jesus come? He came to set you free. He came, as he stated, that's the message, the redemption of the gospel message. A few quick slides I want to go by. Our mission trips upcoming. You know I had to plug those in, right? Because we are having some mission trips. We are going to Oaxaca, Mexico, May 7th through 14th. And let me tell you, this is not a glorified vacation, okay? You are going to be doing kingdom work. You're going to be experiencing spiritual warfare. Uh, we're going to take a crew down there. So Oaxaca, Mexico, May 7th through 14th. If you want further information, Find me after chapel or throughout the day. We'll have another interest meeting next week. Our next slide is Abide. It's Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha, Nebraska, let me tell you, Aaron, my time in California, I was in Richmond and Oakland, okay? And I did some inner city ministry. And I was kind of afraid. But this is more inner city ministry. If you're looking to see what the church does, practically how the church serves neighborhoods, we go, we serve people who don't look like us, don't talk like us, don't dress like us. Why we go in Jesus' name? All people need Jesus, and this is a ministry where if you like to share the gospel, share Christ, this is you. If you don't like to share the gospel and share Christ, I'm sorry, this ain't you, but we can use you elsewhere. You know that? You're still hands and feet. You're still important, but this is one where ministry is really reflected in the lifestyle amongst this property. Uh, lastly, I didn't put it up on the slide, um, Cusco, Peru, December 2023, December 8th or 16th next year, we're going to begin having those conversations. So we have plenty of opportunity to plug in and connect, and we're going to be having a blended approach, taking some churches with us, so small groups. So you have opportunity to think about that, and I know the last thing on your mind is missions, right? Because you're in Christmas, you're in finals mode. Let's get back to the message, right? So I'm going to give you an amen if you're ready for the message. All right, all right. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It'll be on the Screen now. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and the peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over this kingdom to establish it and uphold it. I didn't put that up there. But we see the reason Christ came, and, and the prophecies are, are claiming to the one of a messianic Savior. They're all pointing. The Old Testament is pointing and shouting the prophets, there is one to come. There was a covenant made, and the covenant held by God. And the kings and the, and the prophets saying, there is one to come, that one that would come from the stump of Jesse, the line of, of David. 
a greater Moses. That is, that is Christ. Jesus came for us. The unco- Jesus came in the incarnation. He did not relinquish deity, but fully man and fully God, as John speaks about. This is the reason why I can, despite what's going on in my life, and despite what's going on in your life, in your family situation, I can still sit around, watch my baby girls open their presents. By the way, I got Brielle's turning three this uh, week, and that's a praise to the Lord. We're going to Chick-fil-A. She's spoiled. Let me tell you, I, I grew up poor. Anyone else grow up poor? Goodness, I, I was peanut butter, peanut butter and jelly sandwich was bougie for me. I grew up with peanut butter sandwich. I was eating those heels. Anyone eating heels? Y'all too good for that now, now that you're in college, <laughs> right? But Brielle's birthday, she's going to be turning three, and Aria, she's still one and a half. Do you think I'm going to, should I get Aria a birthday, crisp, a birthday present? Yeah, that's going to spoil her, but I probably will. I love this Christmas season because my girls, my baby girls, I love it because I can spend time with my family. I love it because we get to share the gospel. We sit around and share the birth of Christ. And we get to spend time together and fellowship together, encouraging one another, praying for one another. But Jesus came. He came with a purpose. He came to serve. Jesus came to serve. And as we see on the screen, on Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Mark 10, verse 45. It says this. And I'll go to... Verse 43, but it shall, be, it shall be not so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave to all. Here we go. Verse 45, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Isn't that unique that God Almighty sent his only Son to serve us? We don't like to serve sometimes, right? When we go to church... It's hard setting up for church, right? When you have meals, setting up all the round tables, the chairs, and you got to get there early. Or if you're leading any kind of ministries, you've got to be there early and turn on the lights, make sure all the doors, make sure it's okay and safe to enter a church body and make sure you have all your material. And if you've ever cooked for a church, you've got to make sure you have enough. You have to make sure it's good too, bro. People won't come back, right? But it's tough. Serving is tough. We like to just show up. Let me tell you, it's great when you can show up and relax and participate. There's a time and a place for that. But serving is, is hard. It's hard when you serve, when you never get the rec- recognition. When you do months and months at a time, and no one ever says, hey, good job, or thank you. And maybe some of you are in that space right now in ministry, or just in life. Someone hasn't told you, hey, good job. You're making it. You're doing good, freshman. You're passing your classes, you're making relationships, you're forming bonds, you're going to church, you're living, you're breathing. Great. And you've been kind of down, a down, downward spiral, and you've not been so well mentally, and you've not been so focused, and you're so worried about the next 10 days, and you just don't see the light, if there'll be any to that. And you're not so and encouraging about going home. You don't want to go back home. And some of you don't know where home is going to be. So there's a mixed array of us in here. But Jesus came to serve. I want to give you, in Philippians chapter 2, I didn't put it on the screen, 
what that looks like, what the embodiment of, of serving looks like. In Philippians chapter 2, it says this, Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. That one's hard, right? Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also the interest of others. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though was he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. You see a humiliation here, but you see the great exaltation here. Jesus came for you and I. We didn't, we didn't deserve it. We rebelled against a, a holy and loving and righteous God. But when it comes to serving, we sometimes in our own life, we want our own agenda. What's best for me, right? What's best for me? What relationships can I have because they can offer something to me? What organizations can I work with because they bring value to me? It's a me-focused service. And Jesus said, no, look to the interest of, of others, what can I do for you without expectation? What can I do for you despite you said some mean things about me, Jason, right? You didn't say some mean things. If you ever do, I still love you, okay? What do you do with people who just backstab you, who call you out, who won't forgive you, who still hold you that freshman you, who have, they, haven't, they haven't let you grow in their mind, they're still defensive, they're still power hungry, they're still controlling, they want it about themselves. They put themselves in positions of power. They want their agenda. Do you still serve them? Yes. Yes. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Jesus said, serve them. Serving is hard. You have to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if we act in the flesh, I can justify everything. I've got a PhD in justification. Let me tell you, I don't have a PhD, right? But I wish I did. I, I can make the best excuses is what I'm telling you that. Okay? I make excuses on why I don't serve. In my time in California serving in the church plant, serving was tough because you had to get there, set up all the chairs, the tables, sweep. Worship team had to set up. That took, they rehearsed that morning. Okay? We went through everything. And we didn't have a schedule we said, hey, we're going to start around 10-ish. 10, People would be walking in when the sermon was over. Okay, I said, welcome. We always had food. Nothing was coordinated. I said, Lord, help me. But that, you know what, that helped me. You know what, that helped me realize I need to have an outlook of serving. I don't know your life. I don't know why you came in late. You could have had a hard morning, but you came, and you're here now. He came to serve I've got a quote on humility, and let me tell you, this is what God is working, and it's been working for a long time on me. Humility, it says this, humility is the only soil in which the graces root. The lack of humility is the sufficient explanation of every defect and failure. Humility is not so much a grace of, or virtue along with others. It is the root of all, because it alone takes the right attitude before God 
and allows him as God to do all. Andrew Murray. Humility is not spoken about much. It's something oversaw and neglected, and it's something we don't want to put ourselves in because humility says, I will submit before God, and I will submit and serve you. I am never better than you. I will submit and serve. The Bible says the greatest among you shall be your servants. But they lead by example. A lot of people want up here, and they, they want the pulpits, and they want the stages, and they want the crowds. I always tell people, if you're going to the ministry, if you ever preach in front of a crowd for three people, you better preach your heart out if you're preaching a crowd of 100. You preach your heart out for one person. The lost sheep, you preach. You give your heart and soul. You prepare as much as you are preparing for a conference. Every person matters. Everyone is created in the image of God. You have value and you have a story. And that story is to, Lord willing, one day that you will discover truth and you will place your faith in Christ and you will repent of your sins. Jesus not only came to serve, but he came to save. He came to save a people that rebelled who were stiff-necked. In Luke 19.10, read this out loud with me. What does it say? For the Son of Man came to what? And to what? Lost. Read that red part out loud with me. Save the lost. Wow. The lost. The blind. The wicked. Evil. Lost. If we look in the media right now, you see all the evil. How big is God's love? The people you hate. Do you hate anybody in here? Hope not. You can get through it if you do. The people you have grudges against. I'm talking about the people that have backstabbed you here at Sterling College. Some of your friends, right? Some of y'all don't even talk to each other. I pray for rest, restoration and reconciliation for you, brothers and sisters. I pray that you can lavish them with grace and serve them and, and forgive them. But Jesus came to save those people you don't like. And he came to save you even though you don't like yourself very much. He came to save you. What do I need to be saved from? I'm, I'm good. I, I got this God in my life, and I believe in God. I'm good. I'm good with that stuff. I've already done that. I go to church. I've I, I been through catechism. I've been baptized, and my grandparents are here. Jesus came to save, it says, and, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory. Here it is, full of grace and truth. He calls us to Repentance. He calls us to a change of mind, a change of our course, a change of our desires, a change of following my own passions and my pursuits. In Acts chapter 2 in the Pentecost, Peter was preaching. And they said, okay, Peter, great. Then it says the word cut to their hearts and divided their hearts. And the crowd said, what then shall we do? And Peter says, well, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's called repentance and faith. That means this. I will no longer look to myself for my own desire, my own plans, but I will deny myself. I will crucify myself. I will turn to Christ in faith, not because of my last name, what I own, or what I don't own, my schooling, where I'm from, how I grew up, what I look like. It's solely because I place my faith in Christ and Christ alone because he came born of a virgin lived sinless, embodied God, the fullness. Hebrews says he is the radiance, the full nature of, of God. Lived, served, called out the few, and would die a death on the cross. And on that cross, the Bible says that the, the sin was nailed and it was canceled. 
that he would be buried in the tomb and he would have a body of the resurrection three days later. This is the hope I have. This is the hope we have. It's Christ. It's Christ. Now that if you believe her, if you came to Christ, he now calls us to be sent out. I've got three minutes. I'll wrap it up there. He calls us to be sent out. Okay, now I'm going to save Serve now. I'm saved now. What do I do? He doesn't just call you to, to save you just to, well, I'm good. I can go to church now. I can look good in my fresh outfit on Sundays. I can go to Christmas service and Easter Sunday, and I can look good here, and I can call myself a Christian. I can put it on my Instagram, my, my Facebook, my TikTok, a good Christian, and put a nice verse right there. We, we can play Christian. All, we can play that role all the time. But when life gets hard, you're going to find out if the roots are there. If not, you're going to scorch away. You're going to find out what type of Jesus you believed in. Did you create own Jesus that he fulfills all your desires? A comfy Jesus, a fluffy Jesus, a Jesus that doesn't commit to much, or a biblical Jesus. He came to this earth, and he came into Jerusalem riding on a donkey, right? It says the Bible that his face was set forth for Jerusalem. Why? What was going to occur? The cross, the crucifixion. That is the advent, the first advent of him coming, the incarnation. There is a second advent coming. He is coming back on the white horse one day. One day he will come back to redeem his people. And one day there will be no more tears, no pain, no suffering. For, for, for the former things will pass away. One day Christ is coming back regardless of what you believe. He's still coming back. And we can have hope. I can have hope with that. That's the only thing I can anchor myself to right now is because Christ, he's coming back. I can live, although it may not be easy. I can live, although it's going to be hard. I can still breathe and I can still make it. I am to be sent out. We've been looking at the Great Commission this semester, the theme as you go. I want you to read out loud the Great Commission with me. Did I put it up there? Yes. All right, let's start with verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the ages. And lo, behold, I am with you to the end of the ages. He came for us to make disciples to replicate ourselves, to spread this good news, my prayer is this. As you go back home and it's finals week, that you would remember, how can I serve mom and dad? How can I speak Jesus, how he came to save us? I'm sent out. You're going to be sent out. You represent many nationalities, countries. Be sent out and take the name of Jesus. I'm praying right now, and you pray for me. I'm praying that I can share the gospel to my mama. Okay? I'm praying I can share the gospel to my sisters. They haven't been to church in years, and I don't think they'll overhear this. You know, 10 years after they graduated high school, they have not stepped foot in the church. We grew up in church together. I love them. Do you think I go back to home and just push it down their throat? No, I love my sisters. I love them. I, I tell them, I love you. The Lord still loves you. His grace is sufficient for you. But there's a mission field in your home. Maybe you're curious it's time for you to start your journey of faith this morning. If you're a believer in here, your home is your ministry. It's mom and dad. Minister to them. Tell them how God has been at work in your heart these last few months. Have a conversation about the gospel. 
I know as, as awkward as I may can be, because you never do it sometimes, right? Do it. It's fun. Mom and dad, what's God been doing in your life? Here's what God has done in my life. Jesus came to serve us. He came to save us, and he calls us to be sent out. I'm going to pray, and after I pray, we're going to have our ugly uh, sweater contest, and I'm going to, I want to recognize a few people. Is that okay with you? So let's all bow our head and close our eyes, and we'll pray. Father, I thank you this morning. You're good. I thank you one day you're coming back for your people, but I thank you that you sent your only son, that whoever would believe upon him should not perish but have everlasting life. You came to give us resurrection power. You came to give us life and life abundantly. I pray that we would walk by the Spirit. We would walk in your strength and not our own strength. We would clothe ourselves in humility, that we would decrease our lives and make it more about you, that we would walk in your glory, that we, people would know that we are Christians by our fruit we bear and by the love we display. You came for us. Father, may we live for you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen, amen.